Welcome to the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara. I'm here to welcome you into the world of orgasmic living by hosting experts to discuss orgasmic topics such as nutrition, spirituality, personal development, sexuality, and much more. Here, we will offer lifestyle lessons that can help you lead a fulfilling, joyous, and orgasmic lifestyle. I'm your guide, Venus O'Hara. Welcome to the 28th episode of the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara. In this Sturgeon Moon episode, I'm celebrating one year of this podcast. To celebrate, I'll be sharing an erotic story called My Life Drawing Fantasy. Then I'll be discussing the book I'm reading now, which is Lucid Living, Experience Your Life Like a Lucid Dream by Tim Freak. And finally, we'll be experiencing a guided meditation with affirmations for content creators and influencers. But first, let's talk about my experience and learnings as a podcaster. It was the 22nd of August, 2021, when I published the very first episode of the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara. It was also the Sturgeon Moon, as it is tonight. And I was very exciting, excited about this whole new venture. People have been telling me for a long time to start a podcast, and I thought, mm, nice idea, but I just can't be bothered to learn a whole new skill set. You know, recording, then editing, and then uploading and promoting. It seemed like far too much work. But then when I came across a podcast agency who could do all of those things for me and more, I thought, why not? What a great opportunity. And I'm so, so glad I did because I was kind of like, I wouldn't say getting sick of sexuality, but I've been always been very keen to kind of branch out into more mainstream topics. So as you'll know, if, I, if you're a regular listener, this podcast, although it's under the category of sexuality, it's much more than that. We're also looking at things like meditation and spirituality, nutrition, personal development. And yeah, I absolutely love all these other topics as well. And I do believe that presenting sexuality as part of something bigger makes it more digestible and makes it more powerful. It's not just this taboo thing in the corner that you're, you're, we ignore, but it's, it's the elephant in the room. It's kind of like something that's an integral part of of healthy, a healthy lifestyle, and that's exactly how I see it. And it also gave me the opportunity to explore different things, such as interviewing experts and creating meditations as well. So I've been very grateful about that. And I also like the idea of having a lunar schedule, so publishing on the new moon and on the full moon. And the first episode was aired on the full moon, the sturgeon moon, just as today. And I was very aware about my desire to actually, although I was starting something new, I also wanted to get rid of something that wasn't serving me. So I actually contacted my, around about the time that the, the podcast went live, I sent a message to my therapist at the time and said, I won't be coming back for more therapy or something like that, but in Spanish, of course. And she was very shocked and um, quite surprised. And um, she was very surprised, she said in her in her reply. But I thought, you know what? 
I'm not as messed up as you think I am. And I have absolutely no regrets. Obviously, if you need therapy, therapy could be a great thing. But I felt as though I was going on and on about things about in the past and not really finding any solutions. And that can be sometimes a bit of a, a thing with therapy. You're just stuck in the past and you're not, not moving on and identifying with things that happened to you when you were a kid, which is just not a good way to live life, in my humble opinion. And also I had the chance to interview a um, Dr. Courtney Tracy, who is a, a therapist on this podcast as well. So I asked her lots of things about what's a good therapist, etc. It was very interesting. But one uh, fascinating thing for me of this process of becoming a podcaster is that at first, I remember those first monologues, I was just talking and then I, I was making, you know, mistakes and pauses and ums and ahs. And I did think that someone was going to correct all of those things. Then I realized that no, it's not. It's going to be all in there. And I think that's actually a good thing because it means that you just talk without thinking about making mistakes or censoring yourself as I'm doing now. And another thing I learned was, well, as I had an agency finding guests for me, which was so cool, I told them the areas I was interested in, so spirituality, personal development, sexuality, and feminism, and, you know, all these different things, even sobriety, and then they would email people who were, you know, very well known in their, in their topics, or whatever, in their fields, and then I would just get these random emails from Calendly saying so-and-so has booked um, an interview, and many, honestly, to be honest, I didn't know half of these people were even though they were much more famous and well-known than I am and I was like oh my god <laughs> it was kind of daunting and then I would order their books and read them quickly before before having the interview which was a, a really cool process I mean I love reading as you know because I have a um the book I'm reading now se section in this podcast but to actually have a shelf of books that I do now which is just of the authors that I've interviewed is such a special um, situation, a special kind of privilege, actually. So I was just kind of reading people's books quite quickly before interviewing them. And that's just so, such a privilege. I can't even um, describe it, um, how, how cool that was and is. And often many of the people I interviewed were located in California or in the US, the West Coast, so sometimes I had to stay up quite late to, to, to do the interviews because I'm in Spain and in on European time and then I just couldn't sleep. I was kind of starstruck and just so inspired. It's been like having my own private coaching <laughs> sessions or mentoring sessions with real experts and also a lot of the people that I have interviewed do have things that I want, such as I, I would love to publish a book in English, I've already published books in Spanish, but to publish a book in English is something I really want to do. And also to give a TED talk one day and also get more into mentoring, which I'm doing now already with Sex Magic. And uh, I'm creating an online course with Sex Magic as well. So I'd really like to kind of like, you know, um, make a business from my knowledge, really. Well, I'm doing that already, but to kind of... Um, do a bit more with it. I'm also giving events now of um, or workshops about sex magic here in Barcelona, which is a lot of fun. So that's been a very, it's a very, it's a very cool process. This uh, the interviewing anyway, and I, yeah, I've been a bit starstruck sometimes, but 
it has been really good. And, and also the agency that I was working with, they have always provided me with the questions for the uh, the interview. But then I added some of my own just from the books that I had read. So I'm sure that that's kind of like a bit of a unique selling point, actually reading the books um, before an interview. Because I know that when, when people do promotion tours, um, it's not very often that someone, the person in the interviewer has actually read the book. It takes a lot of time to read a book, but I'm, I'm really into reading. And I'm actually reading a book now called Orgasmic Leadership, which is from a future guest, which is such another, another privilege. And um, that's from Rachel Sherl, and that'll be a, an interview in a few, in a few weeks. And I'm going to share a very special fantasy with you today in my erotic story. I'm going to share a story with something that's very personal. So I actually shared a lot of personal things on this podcast. And I think the fact that I'm just in my, in a dark room with a small light on my own, speaking into a microphone, makes me open up a little bit more. And some people I know who actually listen to this podcast have told me, oh my God, you, your, your podcast is really personal or You've told a lot of things to a lot of strangers. And I'm like, I don't know, it feels kind of natural. <laughs> so anyway, to continue with that, I am sharing my biggest fantasy with you today, which is actually being a life model. Um, I used to go to life drawing classes when I was growing up, when I was an art student. Um, and I kind of found, I found it to be, I wouldn't say, well, kind of erotic. I thought the concept was very erotic to be you know, in a room full of strangers who are, you know, in silence and concentrated and, and looking at your body and really staring at all of the parts and you're, you have to stay still. I guess it's kind of like that restriction of formality and then there's something kind of blatantly erotic there. Or, I mean, people can argue whether nudity is erotic or not, but you cannot d- deny that it's definitely be- something beautiful. And also growing up in England, it was very taboo to see a naked person in front of you because I think in changing rooms you don't even show your friends your body you're kind of like all covered up and stuff whereas maybe here in Spain people let it all hang out and it's it's less shame about nudity but when nudity is more kind of taboo then it is kind of it does seem more sexual I suppose anyway in this uh, fantasy I am the nude model I, I kind of like you know forget about my shyness in my fantasy and I'm going to share this uh this story that's been, it's kind of based on a true story, actually. Um, I met a guy, I'm not going to give it away, actually, but basically this story that I'm going to tell you is inspired by real life events. And the the man in the story is someone that I knew, and who I, this is a kind of a true thing that he did, but I imagined that I was a student and not the person he was drawing if that makes any sense. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this very personal story. So I'm going to show you the most personal story that I have on this occasion of one year of the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast. And thank you so much for listening and supporting me in my first year of podcasting. Do you want to talk to me? I'm offering 60-minute sessions on Zoom. I offer a safe space for you to contact me to discuss any of the topics that I talk about on my website, YouTube channel, and on this podcast. Please note that I'm not a therapist. Our calls are not a replacement for therapy. Here is a list of topics that I will happily discuss with you. 
sexual wellness product consulting, self-love mentoring, sex magic coaching and guidance, content creation brainstorming, accountability partnership, life in Barcelona, Spain, and how to veganize your life. If you'd like to book a call with me, please visit my website, venusohara.org, for more information. Now it's time for this episode's erotic story, My Life Drawing Fantasy by Venus O'Hara. Let me tell you a secret. I've had this fantasy for so many years. It all started when I was a fine art student and I used to draw nudes in a life drawing class. I often fantasized that I was the model in the class. In real life, however, I'm much too shy to pose nude in front of a group of strangers. But in my imagination, everything is possible. I'm not there because I need the money. I do it because I love the attention. It's such a formal atmosphere. It's almost silent. All that can be heard is the sound of the pencil leads rubbing against the paper. It's full of artists, serious artists. The formality of the atmosphere actually makes me feel even more turned on. When I arrive for the art class, I wear no underwear under my clothes. I don't just do this for practical reasons so that the artists cannot see the compression lines against my skin. I do it because wearing no underwear on the way there, getting public transport, and then walking down the street as I feel the breeze under my skirt, caressing my naked vulva, makes me so incredibly aroused. I'm usually there about 10 minutes before the class begins. I greet the teacher, and the students, and I take my clothes off in the corner. When I'm naked, I put a robe on and I sit at the front of the class. The teacher's already told me the poses I need to do. Some of them are five minute poses, others are 10 minutes long, so the quality and detail of the drawings vary a lot. When it gets to the moment of taking my robe off, I feel another surge of excitement. Everyone is staring at my naked body in silence. I see the students staring at me as they draw me. I can hear the sound of pencils sketching against the paper. But what really turns me on the most is feeling those staring eyes against my nudity. I scan the room just with my eyes because I cannot move my body. I have to stay very still during each pose. I notice that there's one guy right at the back of the class who is staring at me more intensely than anybody else. He seems very meticulous. When he stares at me, his expression is full of concentration. I feel his gaze like energy. It's like a Reiki session. Although he's not touching me, I can feel the charged energy 
of his intense stare against my naked skin. When he stares at my breasts, my nipples get hard. When he stares at my genitals, I can feel my clitoris throb and my vulva feels warm and wet. I can even feel the wetness at the top of my thighs. I wonder if he will convey this in his drawing. I'm curious to see exactly what he's drawing because without a doubt, he is the one who's paying the most attention to my nakedness. He must be really advanced because the teacher never corrects his sketches as he does with the other students. As the class ends, after one hour of posing, I stay naked. I want to delay getting dressed for as long as possible. The students pack their pencils away. I walk around their easels to see what they have produced. Some of the drawings are really good, but what's really interesting is that everyone's perception of my naked body is totally different. It's the same naked body, but there are so many different depictions of it. Then I get to the guy who is staring the most. I can see that he is clearly embarrassed. All of a sudden, he can hardly look me in the eye. Why is that? But then, when I see his drawings, I understand everything. He can't draw to save his life. Oh my God, he's really bad. He was staring the most and all he produced was a set of basic squiggles that don't even look like a person. In fact, his sketches are the worst I've ever seen in an art class. No wonder the teacher doesn't dare to correct his work. It's incorrigible. I'm horrified. How could someone who draws so badly come to an art class that's full of advanced artists? I'm kind of confused. I'm even embarrassed for him. But then, when I realize that he only came to stare at me, my arousal peaks to the point of climax. The book I'm reading now is Lucid Living, Experience Your Life Like a Lucid Dream by Tim Freak. This is a beautiful little book, it's quite a small book, and you could actually read it in about an hour, but the life lessons are incredibly profound that it might be worth taking a bit more time over each chapter. I came across this book in one of my book club that I attend here in Barcelona, a spirituality book club. I thought it was so cute that I wanted to buy it for myself. And it's kind of like about living in a more conscious way, a bit more aware about how wonderful life is. I'm going to read a small extract to you. The universe is too immense to imagine and infinitely mysterious. And if you live to be 80 years old, you will have around 4,000 weeks in which to understand it. That puts things in perspective, don't you think? Our predicament is so profoundly puzzling 
it is astonishing that we aren't permanently perplexed. Most of us rush around as if there is no more to life than making a living and not thinking about dying. We never stop to wonder. We behave as if we know exactly what life is all about, even though secretly we know that we don't. It is as if we are mesmerized by our assumptions about life into a semi-conscious trance, which anesthetizes us to the awesome strangeness of existence. That is, until the bubble bursts and we unexpectedly wake up. It may be an encounter with death that jolts us back to life, or the bewildering bliss of falling in love, or a simple shaft of sunlight through the window, through a window. There's lots to unpack here. The first thing that made me, that impacted me, was when it says, if you live to be 80 years old, you have around 4,000 weeks in which to understand it. It made me think about something I saw on Instagram called the 4K Weeks or something like that. And what it is, it's a poster um, that you can put on your wall. It's like a tally chart. And when you buy it, you insert your date of birth and then you get it back and it has the kind of um, the the kind of weeks of your life crossed off so you can see in perspective you know how many how many weeks you might have left if you do live to 80 years old and it makes you th- it's a very grim idea but at the same time it can be a real wake up call to make you think about how you are spending your time you know when you're on your deathbed at maybe 80 years old if you've lived that long you don't want to be thinking about all of those times you checked how many likes you had or spending time with people you don't like or just generally time wasting. I think it's okay to kind of switch off at some points. Sometimes we need that to actually get back on the plan. But it really makes you think about how you're spending your time. I think it's a little bit of a grim idea. And I met a guy recently in a networking event who said that he wanted to have some kind of countdown clock until the 4,000 weeks to make him really move his ass. And he said he didn't use things like um, social media platforms because he thought every time he's looking at someone else's content, that's time when he's not, that he's not doing, you know, spending time with people he loves or making money or other things. And I think it's a really good idea to think about that, especially especially social media. Sometimes when I look at the, uh, the battery uh, on my phone and how many, how much time I've spent on each app, I think it's called the screen, what's it called again? The screen time thing. It's quite shocking to see how much time you spend on um, on social media when it's not publishing the content, it's actually checking likes or looking at other people's content, which, you know, depending on who you're following, sometimes it, that could be quite inspirational, but most of the time it can be like, make you feel quite bad about yourself. So yeah, we have to think about how we are spending our time. Another thing that struck me from this small extract that I've just read is about going through life mesmerized in a semi-conscious trance. I think life is like that in general, especially when we are busy, when we're busy doing things for work or for other people, rushing around here and there. I think we're avoiding looking at ourselves and that's something that really impacted me a few years ago and many times in my life actually because I've been a workaholic for so long, Um, not so much now, I have a lot more balance in my life. But when it got to things, you know, times like the weekend or even Christmas or holidays, I I kind of like was faced with myself and not quite liking how my life was looking and just thinking I haven't really 
placed as much importance on other things in my life apart from work. And um, and then another thing that uh, I find interesting here, it says, until the bubble bursts and we unexpectedly wake up, it could be an encounter with death that jolts us back to life. I think often when we have, or when it, someone goes through a spiritual awakening, it sometimes is provoked by a negative event or a painful event. And birth in general is a traumatic event. And it was like that for me. I'm not sure if I've already shared this story, but I was going through one of the biggest challenges of my life. One of my best friends became my biggest bully. And it was an incredibly difficult situation to be in. And I was inc- so stressed. I kept looking for content online about how to manage stress. And I came across um, Sad Guru, who is one of my gurus, Sad, S-A-D-H-G-U-R-U. And Sad Guru is a yogi, he's a mystic. And he has so many videos on YouTube that are very inspirational and they are they are all about every single area of life. And I just found his videos to be very calming and inspirational and really they guided me through very difficult times. I also discovered abdominal breathing. And now when I look back, I'm really grateful for that difficult situation because otherwise I wouldn't have just gone through life in the trance, you know, mesmerized and just busy with work. Whereas now I think my whole perspective on life has changed. I'm definitely living in a more lucid way, a, a greater with a greater awareness and realizing that I'm not a body, but I'm a kind of a spirit and every moment is a gift. And it sounds quite woo-woo, but um, I think when you live like that, you see life like that and you appreciate what is, the small things as well as the big things, that I think it can help you in all areas of life. So I do love to read books like this to kind of help me stay grounded because it's very difficult to get distracted in the world we're living in, to be distracted by trends and gossip and social media and things like that. So yeah, this is lucid living. Experience your life like a lucid dream by Tim Freak. Highly recommended. Now it's time to slow things down as we prepare for this episode's guided affirmations meditation. It's probably not a good idea to listen to this while driving or operating machinery. Instead, take a break from whatever you're doing, get comfortable, take a deep breath and enjoy. I am a successful My 
message is authentic. My content helps others to live a better life. My audience is growing every day. My content adds value to people's lives. Do you want to talk to me? 
I'm offering 60-minute sessions on Zoom. I offer a safe space for you to contact me to discuss any of the topics that I talk about on my website, YouTube channel, and on this podcast. Please note that I'm not a therapist. Our calls are not a replacement for therapy. Here is a list of topics that I will happily discuss with you. Sexual wellness product consulting, self-love mentoring, sex magic coaching and guidance, content creation brainstorming, accountability partnership, life in Barcelona, Spain, and how to veganize your life. If you'd like to book a call with me, please visit my website, venusohara.org, for more information. To find out more about me and my orgasmic lifestyle, visit venusohara.org or follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash venusohara. Make sure to search for the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening. Have an orgasmic week and make sure every day is a climax. Thank you.